and welcome to this episode of Cargo Facts Connect, the podcast of Cargo Facts, the newsletter of record for the air cargo and freighter aircraft industries for over 40 years. I'm your host, Andrew Kreider, Associate Editor of Cargo Facts. And I'm Robert Luke, Associate Editor of Cargo Facts. And I'm Jeff Lee, Editor of Cargo Facts. I want to begin today by switching the desk over to Jeff. There was major news on the e-commerce and Amazon delivery front. That's right. So it looks like Amazon will soon be starting freighter operations with a 737-800-BCF fully painted in Amazon colors um, in India because India's latest freighter operator, Quickjet, is now certified and got its AOC um, approved by the Indian authorities. And we've known that there were at least two 737-800-BCFs um, that were eventually going to be joining the Quickjet fleet. Um, we saw one of them painted and with the Quickjet titles um, in China after conversion. It, it was there for a while. Um, but basically, both of these 737s made their way to India um, in the past couple of months. and. Last week, one of them, the other one that wasn't in China, um, made a series of test flights, certification flights, um, and some local spotters um, had taken photographs of it and they showed this airplane um, in the Amazon colors. And like all of Amazon's other um, partner carriers, this one um, had the name of the operator near the front, um, Quickjet. But what is interesting and different is that this one isn't an aircraft dry leased by Amazon. Um, all of the other 737s and 767s um, that are in Amazon colors are dry leased by Amazon and then handed over to whatever carrier um, for CMI operations. So um, that's that's one difference um but i guess they they are probably just testing things out and starting off with um an acmi deal with quickjet um and what isn't too surprising is that quickjet um of course it belongs or is part of the asl aviation holdings group which already operates 737 800 bcfs um, and sfs in europe um and those are dry leased by Amazon and being flown on a CMI basis. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see when they actually begin flying, but um, it is interesting. And of course, uh, India is is pretty huge um, e-commerce market. Um, and we, we're seeing all kinds of operators in India expanding or um, starting freight operations for the first time. Um, so yeah, that's, we're seeing a lot of growth in in that country i'm going to just interject here and thank you for sharing jeff um have you guys really been seeing what's been developing over the last couple of years even though the larger companies like amazon fedex ups asl atlas all of these guys have probably been implementing these strategies for quite some time as far as putting pen to paper but they are moving from the dense populated areas in there 
stretching their arm of logistical support out into the untapped markets, whether it's Latin America, whether it's Africa, and whether it's India, but they're not doing it direct. I'm noticing that the formation of partnerships with local carriers and the CMI arrangements are allowing all of these companies to really collaborate under clicks, if you will, the Amazon click, the DHL click, uh, the FedEx click, the you know um, Alibaba click to provide ample surplus freight capacity as they transition from the old payload structure into this new uh, deliverance of express shipping and e-commerce. So it's very interesting how you're seeing these markets being flooded, which kind of explains why they weren't necessarily panicking when the peak demand for air freight started to kind of dwindle this year. What are your thoughts on that, Andrew? I, I think that when it makes me more think of uh, Mercado Libre's growth um, in Latin America because um, they've used a number of uh, different partners to expand into that region. Um, we haven't necessarily seen a, a, a well, we did see the launch of freighter ops from Goal Airlines and, and Jeff, correct me if, I, if I'm wrong, um, under that that model. Um, but I, 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 I think that this being an Indian operator um, is more is more unique because um, that country in that in that region have just been epicenters of um, tremendous uh, freighter growth. Oh yeah, and and because of all this um, growing demand, especially outside of the main um, population centers and hubs, that that's why we're seeing a lot of growth in the narrow body segment as well as the regional segment right and in india you know all of these um additions that we've already seen and upcoming additions um that we'll see next year all of these are na uh, narrow bodies and and actually they're all mm -hmm. either 737 ngs or um a320s or 21s and here's another key thing I noticed too, and this is something I want to I want all of us to keep our eyes on. Um, I just saw recently CMA CGM is ceasing operations of uh, direct service of their triple sevens, right? But yet and still, they were immediately able to put them under DHL and start uh, putting and keep them in work and keep them in operation and keep revenue generating. That just showed me that what analysts are predicting are, is really not going to be the end result as far as the freight market is concerned. Because as we get away from the tri and quad engine freighters, the twin engine wide bodies and uh, medium wide bodies are going to have more than enough workload to keep themselves generating, even if their direct operating uh, or operators that own the aircraft are not providing direct service is what I wanted to say. What are your thoughts on that, Jeff? Yeah, well, I, let me say first that um, with CMACGM, let's be careful about our wording. They, first of all, they're not ceasing operations of their their triple sevens. Um, they're just temporarily suspending. So yeah, they're flying us. them for other people. So they're flying some of their freighters for other people. Um, and actually, that's that has been going on for quite a while um, and they 
so remember we earlier this year we had that story about one of their ex Qatar E330 200 freighters um, buying for Qatar um, mm -hmm. even after it went to CMA CGM. And so, yeah, for months, it seems like CMA CGM hasn't really known what to do um, with with their freighters. Um, mm -hmm. That may be a bit be a bit harsh, but yeah, they, it is strange that they're flying um, all these freighters for for people like Qatar and DHL, and I don't know but why. But the good thing about it is, is even as they identify or align their strategy, so it kind of allows them to map out their own direct service for their clients, um, they're able to still keep the aircraft operating, which is what you said they've been doing previously. So again, I'll, I'll you know, retract my initial statement and just say that um, their intended plan to provide their own direct service for clients that they currently serve still hasn't taken place yet we're still waiting right, for I that guess, to yeah unfold. we can say that they they haven't um achieved their what they originally intended to do to the full extent at least um with their with their freighters but but yeah at least they're able to fly them for other people so we'll, we'll you know the question is are they just going to become mostly a, another acmi um carrier another acmi operator um we'll see but but even then uh, that's not a bad thing because you you know there's enough demand out there to at least keep those aircraft right. operating so um i don't know if it's ideally what they would like to do but it's still allowing them to function nonetheless if i can steer us um back into the regional category i think that there's another um, major news item that we want to uh, discuss, and that was um, the uh, Embraer. They announced that their first E-190 passenger freighter conversion, uh, which is well underway, uh, had they had cut the first metal piece of the structure of their main cargo door. Um, and that conversion project is currently on schedule for delivery in 2024. Um, and, and the reason why I, I, I think that that's important to interject because there's going to be, um, as you, Robbie mentioned earlier, um, the e-commerce the e um, creators. And we know e-commerce relates a lot to the regional transports. Um, what, what are your, what, what are both y'all's takeaways about the E-190 uh, program? Oh, well, yeah, it's definitely interesting and good to see they them passing this milestone of the, the first um, component, I guess, of their data conversion program. Um, and I get it just shows how long the process is and all the planning that has to take place if they're, um, you know, this they're still on track for 2024, but, you know, production and everything has has is already underway. But the, yeah, the, this the the eJet conversions, um, according to Embraer at least, um, do have a place in the market because they fill that gap between the large turboprops and um, smaller narrow bodies like the 737s. But um, we haven't really seen um, maybe as many orders um, as they had expected. Um, or they just haven't announced them. I don't know, but 
Um, and I think, yeah, just to add piggyback onto that, um, milestones are definitely great. So kudos to Embraer. But I'm not saying this is going to happen. But I think they'll see a growth spurt, rather, in conversion orders for the freighter type as operators finally put to bed the beautiful 737 Classic, which has been a workhorse for so long, particularly the 300 variant. Um, I think that that would be, it's kind of like if we had to compare, um, it would be like the A350 and the 777s kind of filling in for the 7.4. I think that's what you'll kind of see, not in huge waves, but you'll see a significant amount of conversions taking place where E190s will be a justifiably uh, suitable replacement for 737-300s in certain areas and regions of the world. So I think that's probably where you'll see a, a noticeable uptick in conversion orders when those aircraft start to officially retire. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly a, um, a whole bunch of EGEN operators around the world, and um, especially in some regions. So maybe we'll see some of them kind of take the, the plunge and commit to it, or, um, or we'll see more leasing companies um commit to to these conversions one final question i want to uh, make sure that we get in before we run out of time um uh, and this involves another news item that we didn't get the opportunity um to mention yet um but that was um drone delivery canada um providing an update on their test flights now these are test flights for their condor drone which is much bigger than their current series of drone offerings. The Condor offers a large payload of 180 kilograms and a range of 200 um, kilometers. Uh, I, I hadn't had an opportunity to um, convert that into nautical miles um, yet, as we traditionally publish on Cargo Facts. But um, you know, the reason why I bring that up is that it is a, that's a significant payload for in the drone space. And we all, we're just talking about the E-190, which has orders from Astral, and Astral's also um, started their own drone program under Astral Aerial, which is which is producing drones. I wanted to ask you both, do you see a world where drones re eat into uh, regional freighter market? There's a distinct possibility and a reality that they will. What the portions of percentage will be, that's yet to be determined because, again, you still have to kind of work through all of the initial stages of development, production, troubleshooting, getting into that uh, operational rhythm, I'll call it, before you can actually determine how much of an impact uh, the actual drone will make into that into that particular market. Yeah, it's. I think it's interesting because we with the e-jets e kind of taking the upper end of the spectrum and drones taking the lower end of the spectrum. Um, it seems like there's overlap on on both sides um, for the the traditional regional and turboprop segment. But I mean, even with the, all the drones, there's such a wide variety in terms of size and payload. And is the market big enough? Is the growing market going to be big enough? For all of these adding, these players, and adding to that, you know, what kind of an impact will drones actually have? Now that I've given it further thought, if manufacturers like ATR and Saab, for example, and and the Havilland say, you know, we're going to now 
automate our aircraft. So you could either have one single pilot operating, which I will reserve my opinion on that, but for safety reasons, believe that more research and in, 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 uh, in, uh, testing needs to be done before they finally make that decision. And or like we're seeing with the Cessnas before they're now making able to make those aircraft basically UAVs that can just fly themselves with the same payload and cargo capacity that is being conducted with a two-man crew. I mean, that's another angle we probably should consider as we uh, dive into an answer for that question. Certainly something for us to consider. Um, but I, I, on, on this, that is all the time we have for today. For more multimedia coverage like this, search Cargo Facts Connect on iTunes and Spotify and search CargoFacts.com. Thank you very much for tuning in and join us again next time.